0: Old man
1: doing a podcast.
0: Real weirdos, we have English degrees. Real weirdos, we talk about movies for way too goddamn long. Welcome back, everybody, to the Real Weirdos Podcast. And we hope you're doing okay today. I am Jesse, along with my co-hosts, Alex and Jeff. We are the Real Weirdos, two and a half white men with English degrees who talk about movies for way too goddamn long. Today, we're talking about The Batman 2022 film from director Matt Reeves. And uh, curiously, this was a Jeff choice. This isn't like, usually when we do these new movies, we sort of pause the rotation and then, like, because we all want to do it. But this one was, like, Jeff saw it, and he was like, we got to talk about the Batman. So, Jeff, lead us off here. What's the deal with the bats?
1: What the? What's the deal with the bats? Um, I, I don't know. I just – we were going to do a different film, obviously, in the rotation, and uh, this movie dropped on HBO Max. <clears throat> I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. I didn't really get through any of the Ben Affleck, Batman – Batman's? Is there more than one? I don't even know. So, yeah, I kind of came into this movie with no expectations at all. I was like, all right, here we go. I don't... I mean, I might have heard some of the movies that Matt Reeves has done, but I'm not super familiar with him as a director. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've never seen any of the Planet of the Apes movies, so it's just kind of... That really wasn't what drew me in. It was just... I like Batman. It's one of the only really superhero franchises I have hitched my wagon to, uh, probably because it's dark and broody and gothy, and I don't know. I don't. I just that's always one I've kind of been drawn to. And this movie, I'm gonna say, kind of took me by surprise. It was it was unexpectedly good, unexpectedly competent, had a great tone, great camera work. I love three quarters of this movie.
0: Okay. All right we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into the problems later. but um, I have many thoughts. but Alex, I want to hear what you thought generally about the
2: Batman. So I'm kind of in the same camp as, as Jeff as far as like being a little reticent to superhero movies, but always being able to kind of engage with Batman. And his like story for some reason. I loved the Tim Burton mm-hmm. movies growing up. Um, I did kind of like the like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, like Uma Thurman. Don't you shit on that movie? That movie's amazing.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
2: um,
0: <laughs> what Batman and Robin?
1: Batman and Robin with Arnold Schwarzenegger, dude. Oh my god! It's
0: amazingly terrible. It's amazingly terrible. It's it's terrible, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. Fantastic oh. to watch. Yeah. It is.
1: It's 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 grandiose horribleness yes yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty
2: it's pretty crazy but i've always again i was able to engage with them watch them several times never had a problem with them and then the nolan reboots especially were like you know like i was like oh i'm all in on this shit this is fucking awesome this new envisioning of, of batman and it really being like the dark knight and then so went away for a while got a little blockbustery. I i haven't even seen the ben affleck ones
0: i'll tell you about those later <laughs>
2: It was, I think in its own right, like a brand new, refreshing, I'll say like reboot of the, the Batman series um, that obviously pays homage to the several predecessors before it. But I thought it obviously had some huge issues. We'll get into those later. But I liked it, it was long. <laughs> it,
0: was <laughs> it was long, it was three hours. Uh, I intended to go into it the night before last, and it, was, it was like 9 o'clock and I didn't know the runtime. And then I was like, oh, nope. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to it yesterday um, as long. Uh, but yeah, so I had faith in this film for the simple fact that I'm a big fan of the director, Matt Reeves. Um, he got his start with one of the only found footage movies ever made that I actually like. I generally hate those. I can't stand them. Uh, but Cloverfield, I thought Cloverfield was a lot of fun. Jeff's giving me the thumbs down. That's okay. We're okay. That's okay to have different opinions. <laughs> um, he made a movie that I adore a couple years later called Let Me In, with the young uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. That's her name. It took me a second to conjure that. And then he did the two Planet of the Apes sequels, which are fantastic. Um, so I was like, I, I think, you know. I thought he would do a very good job with the Batman. And the way that he directs as well is is very, very good in all these films. And he just keeps getting better. And I feel like a lot of people don't mention him in the conversation because the things he has been doing is not really, like, elevated material, you know? You have, like, monkeys with machine guns and stuff like that. But then the filmmaking is really good and... I think that's also the strongest part of the Batman. This movie felt like if David Fincher directed a Batman film. Not only the story, which is basically the movie seven, but with a Batman instead of Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, but the tone of it, like the completely dour tone and the excellent, excellent, excellent technical filmmaking. This movie is a joy to watch. And, um, oh yeah, my overall thoughts. I thought it was really fucking good. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, no, Um, I, I, I loved watching it mostly. I think it dragged in the middle third or so, uh, just because it's so long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could have done with another pass through the editing room for sure. But really, I want to get to the core of why I chose this movie specifically is... We see in this film kind of the result of having so many kind of up and down versions of this story that some of the biggest issues are, suffer from just this kind of weird unbalanced timeline that we can't really kind of grasp from. You never know what movie is connected to the film, if any, or at all. Like, is this Bruce Wayne, you know, you think about the, like, we think about the Dark Knight trilogy, sorry, the um, the Nolan trilogy of the Batman. So you have Batman Begins, where he, you know, the Wayne's die, he goes and trains with Ra's al Ghul and then comes back and he's the Batman, and, and then you jump in as him, as super high-tech Batman. So is this time period supposed to be before he, like, in between that, like, he's done with Raja Ghoul. Now, this is like, because this is supposed to be young Batman. This is supposed to be a Batman who doesn't, hasn't quite felt, fallen into the role of the Batman yet. I
0: mean, he's probably the same age as Christian Bale was when Bale started. Robinson's Robin's, Pat, 35, you know.
2: They, they totally throw a wrench, in my opinion, in that chronology so if we look at christian bale's batman he goes and visits raj al and he's like still this fledgling batman when he is already like fully trained yeah this is in this interesting space where it's like he's not fully fledged batman he's still obviously working through some kinks with alfred but there was no introduction there was no like he's putting on the suit now he's designing the suit now he's gonna it was just like no he's Batman and and we're jumping right into this
0: do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing
2: For me it was a little shaky but it wasn't like that was one of the rockiest parts of the of the film to me for me to reconcile but it was easy enough for me to get over it um, I have that written down actually as like I have this movie split up into three columns of things that I really liked things that were I thought, good ideas but maybe were attempted a little or executed a little poorly and then things I I really really didn't like that are very glaring that we'll get to later yeah
0: one of the things like the biggest thing I didn't want this movie to do and did not need this movie to do was be an origin story yeah we all know what fucking batman who batman is we don't need to see it again we've seen it like eight times we really really don't need it even like grandma knows batman's origin story oh his parents got killed (laughs) <laughs> All you need is like a line of dialogue.
1: What well, came out when Grandma was like a kid? So. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it starts off and it's he's, he's Batman, and I was like, great. And then it goes right into this detective story, this like noir, smoky, yeah, really low down, dirty detective story. And I was like, this is sweet. So yep. I just wanted to comment on that fact. I was like, great, no origin story.
1: Yeah, and I don't want one either. It's it's more of I was just talking about how you fuck up chronology of movies when you try so hard to adhere to the chronology. Like, I more want to view this movie... Well,
0: it's doing its own thing. It's not... Yeah, exactly. Like, I kind of look... At Ra's it, like the... whatever. It doesn't Exactly.
1: Exist. I kind of look at it like the Joker. Like, the Joker exists in a universe where you don't even see Batman. Like, you know, you know this is Gotham. You know that, like, he's around, but you don't know... Or maybe he's not, because Joker's supposed to be a lot older... um, Yeah, because you see... So what I'm saying is, the point is that I think there's a fault here with the movie almost trying to half-ass adhere to another timeline. And that's the first kind of hiccup I had, was where are we trying to adhere to like a timeline that somebody else set, or are we just ignoring all of that? And that's never made very clear.
2: What I think what I meant to say was more... More along the lines of what Jesse said, in that, like, I actually think it's impressive and refreshing and new that they didn't give us that origin story and that they kind of started, like, already in first or second gear, if that makes sense, with, like, we're going into this, like, Batman thing. But they didn't do it so much that it was, like, he's, like, whooping ass and shit. Like, he's a detective. He's a detective with a cool suit and, you know, like, lots of money. But it's at its core, you see him as a young, like, vigilante person trying to technically work out these things without like superhuman feats, and I I loved it. I just thought that because it's so new and so refreshing, that it felt like it made the impression on me that I was like, oh, this is a little rocky because I I just don't know where we're starting from here. I was like, we're just already in Gotham. He's already grown up. We're not dealing with his parent bullshit, and it over the course of the film. It worked on me and i was like okay I, I can deal with this
1: i think we're saying the same thing alex i think we're both yeah. saying that we had like a little bit of a fragmented as far as like looking at the timeline of the movie when you start but then that kind of fades immediately and you get sucked into this really like jesse was saying this beautifully noir batman i mean batman started in detective comics uh, way back in the '50s, I believe, maybe even earlier.
0: That's DC, DC yeah,
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But like when it was still called Detective Comics, like like when it was still just a string of different comic strips, and it had its own noir style. It was because Batman's supposed to be a detective, uh, and I, I really like that they showed that in this movie. And that's kind of what startled me at first was he has no tech, he has no like bat cave and bat chip and bat thing. I mean, the Batmobile is a fucking Trans Am with a big ass motor on the back. It's like, that's the core of the, what's awesome about this film. It's like the, the hand stitched leather cowl. There's so much rudimentary and early kind of f- feeling through the, the minutia of what it means to be like this high tech superhero. I don't know. It was just super cool to see this low rent, low tech Batman.
2: Yeah this first signifier to me that this movie or this film was going to be different not only narratively but i was like okay this is a new take was that obviously it's dark gotham's always been dark and it's rainy but it still looked original like the lights were not that weird shade of green or like blue they were orange right like you would see really like you had a blue like fading sky background a black silhouetted city and then orange like really warm lights here and there and i was like this is very neo-noir like feeling and the way that it introduced the film with robert pattinson reading from a journal with a date right it's like so classic humphrey bogart noir like sitting in your office just smoking a cigarette it's raining wednesday may 6th you know it's like (laughs) i don't know it was cool that it started off that way and it was really interesting to me that the filmmaking, like visually, was able to be like, this is going to be a new take on Batman, so.
1: Well, I mean, I think what we're trying to say here is that when you deviate from what is an expected format so sharply, it can be jarring for some, and I guess for you, it you kind of it helped you actually ease into the film a lot smoother.
0: Well, it's interesting when you look at it, like, buttress it sort of against uh, the last couple Batman movies, which were, of course, the Zack Snyder ones, um, which were... So... this Those movies have, like, a completely dour, miserable tone, and so does this one. But this one works, and that's really interesting, whereas those ones, like, Batman v Superman was god-awful, in my estimation. It was a complete mess, and then... Justice League, I actually did kind of like the four hour cut of Justice League, weirdly enough. But um, anyway, we're not talking Batfleck anymore. But yeah, oh. the <laughs> it is, it, it's interesting to me that this movie worked so well with me because the tone never deviated, it never changed. It was three hours of the same tone. It never really fluctuated up and down for me. I don't know if you guys had the same experience Definitely. with that.
1: Definitely. I, I would I would agree up until the end. I think the end of this movie, the last third not last third, maybe even maybe the, just the last quarter of this film is a little uh ham fisted and um I don't know, just it feels like a little unclear as to what the director's intentions were. Like it felt like the director didn't know how to end this really cool, like jazzy noir batman story. He felt like it almost felt like Reeves thought he had to end the story with some big action fight. And I
0: mean, you have to. You're spending 14 months making a 150 million dollar movie. The audience is they Exactly. Won't, they won't be happy with a small ending. You got to go big.
1: But it didn't
0: f- it didn't go that big in terms of like no. those fucking Zack Snyder movies where they're like fighting the moon. Obviously. You know?
1: Obviously it didn't go that big. That would be we would uh, that would have been the first thing we mentioned, <laughs> but it felt like this movie really would have benefited as far as a piece of art from a kind of slow teetered off ending. Like if it ended at the conversation between the Joker and the Riddler, if the movie just ended there, I'd be like, okay, like
0: oh, so you're not talking about the end action scene anymore? You're talking about him and Catwoman. Uh, spoilers, full spoilers. This <laughs> point, by the way, um, them deviating from each other and no, that nice well, shot.
1: That is a point. The, the final action point is what I'm talking about. But I do okay. think that the ending drags on a little too long. But I feel like
0: the, the like, whole movie does. <laughs> the the
1: The scene specifically that's popping out of my head is just when yeah. he's like cuts the cord and like falls into the water and then like comes out of the water and like nothing's happening. Like, it just, he's it, lighting
0: the torch. You have that nice visual of him being the, the torchbearer of Gotham, leading the people out of the ruins.
1: Uh, I, I like that part. I'm just talking about when he's like, it just this little like un, he like, feels like he's almost sacrificing himself, but he's not because he just falls into the water and he gets up and like, there are other people just walking <laughs> around. It, just, it was like, oh, it's, okay. It just felt unnecessary. It felt like he had to do this big grandiose gesture and it was, this movie could have benefited so much from just like a light, like kind of cliffhangery almost ending because we knew we no, were gonna no. get a single.
0: No, don't I mean, do cliffhangers. Nobody should do cliffhangers. I disapprove. I don't.
2: I don't agree. I loved the subdued action and the t- the steady tone of the film, and I felt like the fight scene at the end was like just enough of what I needed to see as far as action goes. So I thought that the tone and like the way that the dynamic of the film, as far as how much Matt Reeves was gonna let out as far as action goes, I thought that was perfect actually. Um, And I loved the scene of him leading the people. Um, I will say this, that ties into something that is probably my favorite thing of what this movie did was that it made Batman very human and it brings up the huge moral and like philosophical conundrum that is Bruce Wayne and Batman. Okay? You are a multi-billionaire dude who dresses up in a bat suit at night and beats people up when you could affect some real change in the city. You see that in Robert Pattinson's Batman. And he doesn't partake in like the accoutrement of being a rich billionaire fuckboy like Nolan's did. You know, like he doesn't wear the fancy suits and he doesn't sleep in the beds with the linens. Like Wayne Manor is decrepit in this movie it's like dilapidated he wears like old flannels from gap his hair is all like disheveled you know alfred dresses nicer than he does and you can see him struggling with like this this bruce Wayneian like i don't want to be how do i say that like i want to be more of a help and when he was leading the people out like that like batman has always been up in the up in the sky or up in the tower or dealing with the police commissioners but like to see him on ground level with the people, I was like, okay, this is cool. This is like a human Batman. And maybe it's because he's younger. So I actually thought that the end and the tone and everything that they did with that part was was really good. And I do get what you're saying about the cliffhanger, if it was like when he was talking to the Joker in jail, but I don't feel like it would have reconciled anyone else's story then. And it would have been like, well, fuck. People would have been pissed, dude.
0: Even at three hours, there are some characters that get left behind. Specifically Andy Serkis' as Alfred. It's like, why was he in the movie? I guess it was obligatory, you had to have Alfred, but he has like two scenes.
1: Yeah, I mean, Michael Caine's Alfred has like two scenes.
0: Just to further a little bit of Batman there, nah, I feel like Michael Caine was in there a lot more than uh, Andy Circus was in this one. Maybe he'll get a bigger role, but my point is like, there's no wrap up for his character. The last time you see him is like, Bruce getting angry with him while he's in a hospital bed, you know, <laughs> like you'd have some se- just one shot with them at the end being True. like, oh, like shaking hands or him him hugging in like him a sling with like singing, some like, yeah, bandages on his like, head or something. It doesn't take very long, but you got to wrap these things up.
1: Uh, Paul Dano's character like sees that on the TV and he's like, you no, know, like <laughs> it's even more mad or something. Like, yeah, uh, Paul Dano failed at killing Alfred. Yeah, I definitely agree. He Alfred got kind of left to the wayside.
0: So the fact that Alex has this list of things that he likes, thinks they're OK and doesn't like, I kind of want to follow that. I think yeah. that'll be an interesting way of doing this uh, from here. on out. I know we've been kind of all over the place, but um, so I want to bump it over to Alex again.
2: I was going to ask you guys, actually, I have. I wanted to ask you guys about the glaring issues that I have. And you guys can either argue me into a corner Mm -hmm. about like how I'm wrong or agree with me because Mm -hmm. it was really bothersome. So, okay. It sounds kind of like a cheap criticism to make, but I didn't buy the love story or like the kissing I was like, can we just stop with the the kissing between Batman and Catwoman? Like, there's nothing between them that is established to me that they should be, like, this close. Like, can they just be partners? Like, can they just be friends? Can we just have a platonic hero, like, fucking thing? But whatever. That's besides the point. Because I do think that Zoe Kravitz was a good character. I think Catwoman was a good character. Can I address that? Yeah. You
1: can't have the Riddler story without the Catwoman story. They come hand in hand. But, you like, know, the, the kissing? Jim Ca- the Jim Carrey Riddler. Oh, yeah. Catwoman in it. Like, it always kind of comes hand in hand in the story. Uh, she's she's the notorious love interest of Batman. Like, okay. it sucks. Okay. Batman doesn't need a love interest. That's the thing. It's like, it, comic book people have always hated her. Like, as a kid, because it's like, Batman is like a lonely, broody tech virgin. Who, like, sits around and, like, he's just like, I don't go outside. I just jerk off and make fucking bat wings. Like... Like that's supposed to be his thing. Like the Catwoman. Is that a
0: line of dialogue from the comic?
1: Yeah, it's from the direct comic. You know, okay. Issue um, uh, four
2: three seven, May sixth.
1: The Catwoman has always been a love interest of Batman in all of the versions of the story, and so it it makes sense that they ha- like it felt like Matt Reeves felt like he had to do that, like because because it because it, it felt inorganic and it felt forced. And I totally agree that it was not like there was no chemistry between the, the actors, really.
0: Whoa. Okay. I disagree completely. 100%. Could not disagree more. Um, I could have done without the kiss element, but whatever. Uh, what I had more of a problem with was just that whole scene in general on the rooftop because it was just, it just slowed down into exposition land. It yeah. shot reverse shot exposition. I don't remember if it was shot reverse shot, but. Um, but the kiss, the little minor thing, um, totally fine with it because it because of the payoff of how it informs his character at the very end. Where she's like, Come off, we'll go do shit. But no, you can't, you have to be the Batman, it's gonna kill you. And that element would not have had the pull it did if those two had not had that set up, and also if they did not have the fucking magnetic chemistry that they did.
1: Okay, I felt like I yeah. felt like. I felt like they they, were they've
0: been they've been friends for like 10 years I guess off screen I just didn't feel like
1: the Batman had chemistry with anybody I felt like Robert Pattinson's character had a wall up because he's the Batman well
0: that is true but you can have something there that's like a little electricity in the air without him being like I love you
2: I actually I actually agree with like both of you guys but I I do think their their chemistry is okay but i I'm not looking at it from the angle of Batman. I didn't think that it was unbelievable that he would be attracted to her. I thought it was totally unbelievable that she was kissing him. I thought that she would be a little more like I don't want to say independent. <laughs> this is
0: the most elevated conversation we've ever had on this <laughs> show by the
2: way. I'm I'm talking about from her her she's the source that I was like I don't I don't believe I don't buy it. I don't think that you should be bending over to like kiss him. I don't think you should be this attracted to him. I don't think that you have Where is her f-
1: fucking dad? No, I from her character <laughs> like
2: I just don't think she has that quick of trust in men the way that they set up Zoe Kravitz's character. It you know? doesn't.
0: And it takes a while for her to trust him.
2: So that was one thing that I like I couldn't get over, but it ties into the main thing for me, which is just the entire scope of the dialogue of this film. Whoever wrote this movie, they need to find a new writer. The film the, the lines were cheesy. They were copy and paste. They were just like ripped out of a fucking oh, of course Batman's gonna say this. Of course they're gonna say I was like, can we have any moment of original dialogue? Any moment of Gordon that isn't exposition and just being like, oh so the Riddler's doing this. Oh, so he's gonna hook Obama to this. Oh so yes. it's like Jeffrey Wright is a talented actor. He could be used in so many different ways. And the Dude. writing in this film is shit. I'm they sorry. Ri- it is they garbage.
1: Rikered, they rikered Jeffrey Wright so hard. Dude. They made him a commander riker. He's just the audience. He's like the whole movie. It's just like he's like, so what you're saying is and like that's every line of dialogue there is. I do feel the dialogue was weak. I don't feel it was bad. Oh, so bad. Definitely feel it was weak at times and then real weak at other times. But I feel like this, the gravitas of the actors involved really kind of negates a lot of that because like you have Colin Farrell unrecognizable as the Penguin delivering in my opinion a stellar performance like i think he's fucking great because uh, because of the fact you don't know it's him i didn't know it was him until i looked at the cast list uh paul dano again another instance where like i had no idea that I, the reveal was gonna be it was gonna be paul dano so it's just like for me i was like oh shit man he really just like acted outside of himself so I don't know I don't know if I agree with that I don't know if I agree with it's bad what do you think Jesse
0: um I think it's it's definitely obvious and simple and easy dialogue and this is something I did want to talk about a little bit in terms of what makes a good script right because I would say that this is a pretty good script and there are different dimensions to that right? because there's the narrative arc of a thing which this is pretty well done there are some moments where you're like questioning the logic of things or things happen a little too quickly or easily um but another element of scripting is dialogue the things people say to one another and i think uh, i'm going to do i'm going to do what alex just did i think i'm in between you guys here <laughs> i think you're both right because it's it is I didn't feel like it was bad, but I don't I also don't negate your opinion on that whatsoever. I think like calling it bad is totally acceptable. But I was completely okay with it after a little while. It took me a little while, because even the first lines of the movie I was like, oh, I've heard about this dialogue. <laughs> um but after a little while the the movie is carried so much by the gravity of not just its performances Jeff but of the film itself like the film has just so much feel to it so much gravity that all all that this all that this dialogue is doing is moving the narrative along and giving you those like I'm Batman things you know and I was totally okay with it, which is weird because I think in a a less well-made movie, like if Matt Reeves didn't knock this out of the park with the tone and the filmmaking, which he did, once again, feels like a fucking David Fincher movie, high praise, then the dialogue would have annoyed me. It annoyed me a tiny bit a couple times. I do agree that they need to get somebody in to do dialogue because I'm not gonna remember anything anyone said in this movie. Yeah. Maybe maybe Dan, Paul Dano singing Ave Maria in falsetto. <laughs> that was strange, that was
1: but maybe awesome. that might be it. Uh, that was awesome. Like Paul Dano, every scene with Paul Dano was amazing.
2: See, even with him, like I I want to agree and say that all of the gravitas of the performances and all of the, like the actors were amazing, and I feel like they were let down by the dialogue and like so you set up a scene, great filmmaking, great shots, great actors. And then these like lines of six-year-old dialogue would trundle out of their mouth, and I was just like, "Wait, what? That's what they're saying right now? Like, this is a really good film. Like, this is what they're saying? I'm a the batman and the bit." And I was like, "What? No, this has to be test dialogue. And
0: sometimes vengeance comes in the night. <laughs> like, okay, Batman. Unlike <laughs> sure. you,
2: Jesse, I I could not get okay with it. It kept rearing its head, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" But, I want to say, it doesn't negate it for me, Jeff, or absolve it, but the performances and the, just the, like, everything about this film was so good, other than the dialogue to me, that it, it like, softened it. It, yeah, it didn't, it, like, flavored it in a way where I was like, okay, this movie is still really good. Because, dude, I was ready to tear this movie apart. Because, for me, narrative and dialogue is super important. Like that's the core of what draws me to film and then all of the other shit comes after but like i I don't know i loved i loved the technique that he went for here with like this young batman who's kind of you know like naive kind of like learning but mm, yeah i don't know so. I hear
0: what you're saying. When a movie is like really stellar in all categories except one and it really drops the ball in one, it kind of just, it can sour the whole experience for you.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I can definitely understand the idea of like not wanting, not wanting to dislike the movie because of the dialogue, but having it being such an ever-present like bother, almost like an itch in the back of your mind as you're watching it. I just forgave it pretty quickly after that opening monologue where while it is feel nice because it does set that kind of early like like detective comics noir style it at, it at the same time was kind of corny but I do feel like the conversations between certain characters were very very striking namely the one between Bruce and Falcone when he oh was,
0: dude John Turturro in this movie John <laughs> so Tur- good Tur-
1: like, I wa- I, I've been like trying to find a way to introduce him in the way that yeah, like, we
0: talk about the actors like, here too. Yeah. John
1: Turturro de- delivers, in my opinion, the like one of the most like flip around. Like I've seen him in serious roles. I have. I, I don't consider him one of those like Sandler camp actors, even though he's been in a lot of Sandler films. He's uh, he he's a really good actor. But I've only ever really, when I think about him, I think about him in a comedy setting.
0: Usually. Really? I think about him in like uh basically like Cohen movies.
1: Yeah, know? I mean he's in like, yeah, I or Oh Brother, where art thou? But that's also kind of a funny movie. So there's like an element of lightheartedness. And so for me, I thought, like, oh, am I gonna believe him as like this scary criminal? And it's like, oh yeah, oh, I believe it. <laughs> like, <"Yeah>, I believe <laughs> he would have been
0: at home in the fucking godfather. Yeah, he was great. He
1: was he was so good. I want those. You know, it is in his voice and like the way that, that he's got that just the way his voice you know we all know that John Turturro has that tone that's very specific to the way he talks I can't put my finger on it but it's just the way he speaks is very unique and it just works so well because he's already from the east coast so he has that swagger to him and it, oh it was such a good scene uh, he just domed he dominated that scene and then uh yeah you know Paul Dano I mean everybody who everybody who actually had a role in this movie knocked it out of the park I mean
0: so the big one what do we think about Robbie our boy Robbie Pattinson as Bruce Wayne slash Batman what do you guys think what do you think Alex how'd it go for you
2: oh I'm I'm all in I loved it I like how he didn't so there's a little backstory they told him you got five six months put on some beef get buff you know because you're fucking superhero he's like okay comes back he's like i didn't do shit <laughs> i I, did, I didn't work out like and you can see it there's like a little belly fat he's like skinny right he's not like fucking christian bale filled out and i dude i love it i like this like kind of alfred hitchcocky like sherlock holmes detective batman who was not like i don't know he's not like He's not like Inspector Gadget. I'm not gonna g- go that far, right? But he's not he's just not full-fledged superhero. And that's like like you said, he's not fighting the moon, which is perfect. That's the oh, yeah. that's the issue I've he's, always had. Like
1: Yeah, he's low tech Batman. Yeah. It's awesome because Batman's always been known for the tech. And so like the fact that he's got like his grappling hooks, you can see him like mounting them with his hand you don't really see these like big scenes where he's like shooting them from building to building like in the other in the nolan films like everything is so so tactile with his uniform he has to like take his bat symbol off and it, what is it it's a knife like he, like, he doesn't throw it or anything like, he's just like yeah i got shit and i put it back on <laughs> like he cut crime scene tape with it that's the first time you see him use it it's like he doesn't have like little shooty things out of his arms, like you see some kind of stuff there, but like it's never really utilized. His costume looks kind of, it's not like a great bat costume. I don't know, his, he looks like he's wearing a Gip mask because of the leather stitching. Uh, I, I just, I loved all I totally agree. It's such a fun like thing about this movie. But yeah, the fact that he's skinny, he's like, he just kind of is a skinny guy who knows Kung Fu. It's like if Jesse learned Kung Fu. It's just like, it's like a skinny guy who whoops ass.
0: I am vengeance. I thought he, I thought he was great as well. Um, I thought he was, uh, I, I do, I, we, we talked about it a little bit about the differentiation in this sort of Batman slash Bruce Wayne than the other ones where he's not indulging in the billionaire playboy i don't even know if we get like an outer shot of wayne manor or anything there's no extravagance even the Batcave is like a garage you know yeah. it's not like he goes down this like secret lift and then there's like like all these lights come on and it's super high tech like those like the val kilmer and george clooney one yeah. <laughs> and there's
1: like a, there's like a s- geological like Stalagmite, stalagmite. Like, in there, like something that would be like recorded in like the history museums.
0: Yeah, like a literal back cave. Yeah, that he, that he builds under like an active volcano or something. <laughs> I don't know, under a waterfall. <laughs> I think there was um, a
1: waterfall in the last one. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah,
0: I think there has been in um, in many of them. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, as good performance. I like that. It's just solemn. And it's not, it doesn't have that, like, playboyness. Obviously, Pattinson is a handsome guy, but it doesn't play into that too much. And I love him taking off the helmet, and he just has the mascara smeared, and it's just, like, a real human underneath it, as opposed to, like, oh, you take off the helmet, and the mascara's gone, and you look perfect, you know? Like, no, fuck that. This guy would be sweaty and disgusting and, like... He's out all night, so he would be thin. I don't know, pale, yeah, yeah. yeah. unrested. He's really pale, pale because he doesn't yeah. see the sun.
1: He's always like kind of shining his eyes away from the sun. Like you know, he doesn't. It's all yeah. You're totally. I love that read. It's like totally. You're totally right. He has this kind of weakness to him almost. That's really great, and I love. I and this kind of speaks more to what I would... to really answer your question, Jesse is. I think he's better as Bruce Wayne than Batman, because as Batman. He kind of went through the motions. He was quiet, solemn, talked when he needed to, got the information, was smart guy. But when he was Bruce Wayne, I was like the first Bruce Wayne I've ever liked. Because he was Mm. just this run-down human. You know, he's walking every time he's walking around, he looks like 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 a like a fucking my chemical romance singer. Or something like that. He's got, like, the long black hair, and his eyes are all still, like, dark for the masculine. He's all pale. And he's, like, hoodie up. tucked. He looks like a broody high schooler. But when he's just <laughs> walking he's 35. Around, yeah, and it's just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He has this very, just, like, organic element. So I think he's a better Bruce Wayne.
0: Yeah, in his defense, especially when you're doing a movie with this kind of tone... There are only so many things you can do as Batman in that suit. You're acting with your jaw.
2: Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like,
0: you can't even move your head. I don't (laughs) know. Pretty much. Most of them haven't been able to.
2: Yeah. Like, if you're signing up, if you're an actor to be in a Batman franchise, the Joker is the role. That any young actor wants to like you—that's where you can stretch, right? And you have like breathing room to be like whatever you want to be. You can take on whatever fucking iteration of the Joker you want. And they've gone since Heath Ledger into this more, this less gangster, rich guy. Into this more. Oh, you
0: thank God we're done with fucking. Mentally touched. Oh, what's his
2: name? Who Jack Nicholson? What's his
1: name? Jared Leto. No.
2: Jared. Jared oh, Leto. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> it's like (laughs) it's gone into this direction where everyone is like mentally damaged and it makes sense because they always talk about gotham being full of crime and you know really dark and really seedy but there's always like this joyous aspect to superhero movies where it's like no we're saving the day the new dawn is tomorrow we got it but this one feels really oppressive and it's cool to see that he can only do so much right like there are different attacks happening around the city at the very beginning and i mean batman can only be at a few of them like he can't be at every single one so this idea of like this really oppressive city i think is done extremely well and i think robert pattinson he like i don't know i feel like we barely got to see him as bruce wayne but Echoes and mimics the world very well, and he's he seems like a real character in it, right?
0: Yeah, it's a very real kind of It's, I think, it might be the closest to like if we had this sort of thing in real life. Batman in real life is probably the closest, maybe Dark Knight. I don't know. No, 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 definitely the fact that the fact that like the first one, the Batman begins, has like this weird, stupid plot to spray gas all over the city and ninjas and stuff. Um, this one is more realistic, and the the fucking uh, Riddler is like an incel, and who just like has some vans and like some know-how with like, you know, kidnapping people. It feels like that could have happened. Yeah, you know? well, the it Riddler feels like, feels
1: like an actual serial killer.
0: It feels like uh, like you like to bring it back to David Fincher. It feels like we're dealing with a seven slash like or Zodiac killer scenario, who turns out to be this weird like incel guy who has all these mental problems who recruits other incels to do this rampage
2: did you, you guys know? see so i love how they brought the internet technology like social media aspect to the to the film without yeah, getting streaming too on like twitch so <laughs> did you see the comments yeah i was reading now, the comments the scariest part to me was like oh i've read comments like that like in that, the united dude. states talking about real people like
1: That was like Twitch chat, like like I almost seemed like it was like a real Twitch chat. Yeah, it was so, and I was like, like, like just vile.
2: Fucking Telegram, <laughs> eat your heart out, right? Like January 6th shit all over again. I was like, no way. Like they're bringing this aspect into it, and I love the the Incel comparison is perfect, right? Like because the Riddler isn't. It's so real. You can like. He's not some weird villain that is wearing a green spandex suit with question marks <laughs> all over Im- him. Like.
0: Can you imagine if the reveal was that it was Jim Carrey Dude, in that suit? That would
2: be fucking
0: amazing. <laughs> the movie just completely flips tone. Or it keeps that tone, but he's the only element of it that's like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> So I love that. They made everything real with him. But it's funny because I actually did know it was Paul, Paul Dano because I knew he was in the film. And then when I saw the trailers and like, I saw the Riddler had glasses and I heard him speaking. All I could think of was fucking Eli. <laughs> I was like, this motherfucker, he's the Riddler. So they did base him off Zodiac though. Um, like the symbols, the cryptology, yeah. and all this shit yeah. that he would send in. You
1: get this huge Zodiac vibe off him. Oh yeah. yeah. The way he looks, the outfit, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I even think that maybe the David Fincher comparisons go so far as to possibly be a detriment to some people. They're that strong. Yeah. In both the narrative, the structure, and not the filmmaking, because that's excellent. You know, I'm saying like that That part of echoing David Fincher is great. There's no problem with that. The meticulous, beautiful nature, the way that he plays with colors. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did. So. You guys like Paul Daniels' performance?
1: I just thought, yeah, I just thought it was cool that he creates a a really profound, unique character that's so separate of himself. To where when you finally get the reveal of this kind of specky nerd, it it juxtaposed this very like scary serial killer really well. So, yes, I enjoyed his performance.
2: What do you think, Alex? So, for me, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I do have a little asterisk here, though, in my notes about the Riddler and about the Joker. Um. So, I have this thing about art and about, you know, uh, the way that, like, things carry steam or things gain steam and become trendy on their own. And we know the Joker is damaged, right? I get it. I get the Riddlers damaged, but every once in a while, I would like uh, like a callback or a refreshing take on a supervillain, someone who isn't necessarily trashy or grimy, or you know, like plays up this like mad genius thing. It's really popular right now, and I mean Heath Ledger kind of really set this like idea into motion where it's like the Joker and the, the world of Batman can be like darker and twisted. And like, if you keep doing that over and over and over again, all of a sudden it doesn't become subversive anymore and it becomes the dominant mode of expressing villains. And then it becomes a little flat to me. So not to Paul Dano's discredit, but it's kind of like how I was talking about Macbeth earlier. It was just like, that's cool. I want to see something braver. Give me like, give yeah. me an g- old like 1930s style gangster fucking villain, or like,
0: or Batman in the 30s but made today. Just <laughs> Adam cool. West,
2: No, like, uh, no, I'm not, not that. It's it's hard to iterate what I what I'm truly trying to say, but every once in a while, I feel like it's good for art to get a little shake up and get a little bit of a refresher, you know. So oh, put, I have some thoughts. Put yeah. put something out there for me that isn't like the damaged mad psycho.
0: So one of the things about this movie that I guess might be a problem, it depends how we look at it going forward and how we remember it, is that nothing in this movie is as wow or as revolutionary as like when you first saw The Dark Knight, right? It doesn't feel fresh in that way. Granted, I really enjoyed this movie. I almost I might have loved it actually, even though I had problems with it. I was on the edge of my seat for like half of it, for like 3 hours, like, oh, what's going to happen? And there are these moments of Batman being badass. I felt like a little kid. I was like, "Yes! You fly through that semi, Batman, off that <laughs> ramp <laughs> that just magically appeared for you." Oh, Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, um, when
1: he lit up the Batmobile, I cheered.
2: <laughs> coolest Batmobile
1: ever. I by was the way. like, Oh, this but, thing is so fucking. <laughs> yeah, dude.
2: But I, but
0: I am, I do agree with you, Alex, in the sense that, like, this movie, while it did, it did feel fresh in the sense that it did what those uh, Zack Snyder movies failed to do, and that's a thing I could talk about as well. But it doesn't feel like revolutionary. But at the same time, I also want to compare this. I know I've compared. The filmmaking to David Fincher but I think another apt comparison would be to Christopher Nolan and if you look at the way and I saw Batman Begins earlier this year or something last year not that long ago and this is a far superior movie in terms of everything in terms of the way that it's shot generally the way that the story functions, like that movie, Batman Begins, is a movie of two halves. Yeah. And it doesn't work super it's well. It's the worst of the trilogy, for sure. Um, And the action is, I think, very poorly done in that film. It has really shaky... Cam- it, it indulges in shaky cam. It uses a lot of quick cuts to where it's just not fun to watch. I hate that. This movie was like a classy action movie on top of being like a classy movie in general in terms of the shooting style it, it almost felt like maybe not as good as this but john wick kind of feeling where they had these nice long takes there was never a moment where i was confused or jumbled or like it was cutting too quickly it's very well done action wise so my belabored point here is that while this isn't doesn't feel revolutionary, neither does Batman Begins. It was the second one, and if you're looking at it in terms of like this might be a trilogy, this is a way better starting point than Batman Begins was. You can do a lot with this if Matt Reeves continues.
2: No, I definitely have to agree with that. Um, the only thing where I'll say Nolan's Batman Begins, like thinking it in my in my head right now, the scenes that I remember is just. Oh, man, I keep writing this up, but the dialogue was just even so much better in in Batman Begins for me. I mean, the characters just seemed so much more alive. Um, uh, The guy who played Carmine Falcone in that one, or maybe it was Maroney. He's a British actor. He's been in a bunch of shit, and he's so fucking, like, uh, dynamic. He's done high drama theater to, like, low-level superhero shit. Like, he's a great actor, but... The dialogue that they had written for Killian Murphy, for Christopher Nolan, that's where... Or, excuse me, not Christopher Nolan, for uh, Christian Bale. That's where Nolan really was like, this is where he refreshed Batman, kind of. Not only with his tone, but with like, whoa, they're like saying things I don't expect from a superhero movie. This film did everything else better, except for that one aspect. And other than that, I totally agree with you, though, that like, there's so many ways to take this. I mean, the little bit that they showed of Alfred you can make him and Robert Pattinson develop their relationship more if you want to go with Zoe Kravitz it won't be too jarring to do that if you want to bring in the Joker and the Riddler coming back as like a team that is going to be realistic and like something that I'm kind of excited for um so yeah I'm really excited for like the next sequence of these films um I'll just have to say fuck I hope they get a new writer in the meantime
1: no, I, I agree.
2: It's
0: yeah. Matt Reeves and someone else wrote it. Yeah, okay, you got know, it. Peter yeah, Craig. Co-screenwriter. Co- um,
1: no, I agree uh, with you like 100%, Alex. I think this, a lot of the elements of this movie were that are left either um, vague or open-ended were kind of done so in a means to set up organic through lines, through going from movie to movie, because... I mean, this movie already got picked up for a sequel with Matt Reeves as the director. So, hell yeah. That's That's already coming through. I'm excited. I'm actually excited. Yeah, I mean, this movie, like, it did did exactly what you said, Alex, well. It was able to set up enough through lines to where a sequel is welcomed. And uh, I think, I mean, I would, I think we should talk about probably the deleted Joker scene because we do, because. You're not supposed to know it's Joker in the in the movie, I guess, because it's even in oh, the, you and everyone. Knew. I know in the cast, it's unseen Arkham prisoner. But oh, really? I mean, the, really? Yeah. Really? the la- The laugh is iconic. The laugh. Yeah, and, the yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah. The laugh was what's gonna because for a split second, even though I saw the deleted scene and I knew uh, that it was the Joker, I was like, "Are they trying to do Two Face now?" Like, because it only shows the left side of his face, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then it hits you with the laugh again. You're like, okay, no, that's for sure, Joker. Yeah. But um, the, the deleted scene, the Joker deleted scene. Now, this movie was already laborious and long, so I understand <laughs> deleting scenes. But would that scene have been good to leave in, or would it have been too much of a distraction from the current amount of villains and characters we had?
0: I think it was a good move to delete it. 100%. Okay. Yeah, it's just unnecessary. And it's like you don't need you don't need somebody telling you in exposition S- no matter how well done the the shooting style is, how good the scene is. Things you don't really need to know until you need to know them, which is not at that point.
2: No, exactly. Yeah. Like I was going to say it depends on where that scene would have been inserted too like if it's in the middle of the riddler's like full steam campaign then it would take away from that and i'd be like okay fuck now now we gotta deal with this shit right like and then if it leaves is aquaman gonna come you know is fucking mr freeze gonna come poison ivy like it's like so that would be it's better that they deleted it um and i loved the interaction between them at the end anyways it was cool to see kind of this older criminal who's like been through the, the you know, the ringer in Gotham several times. Be like, dude, don't worry. You did okay. Like, just calm down. Like, you don't need to well, keep Joker, crying.
1: I love that because Joker in the comics has been caught by Batman and escaped a multitude of times. Yeah. And so, like, it's like for him, it was just like, hey, just relax. There's always more. Like it's Nothing
2: like. Nothing a comeback the story. Oh God, that was cool. That was a but, cool line.
1: So I I definitely just to, just and put a full stop on that idea of the scene. I just I, I agree with you guys. I think it even held a lot more gravity being a deleted scene because sitting in its own vacuum kind of was a cool thing to see on its own. And yeah, it would have pulled distracted, and then it would have felt unresolved because it would have wouldn't have gone anywhere he would have just it was very like a hannibal Lecter, um yeah. clarice yeah. you know yeah. kind of like a meeting between but it was a really cool scene i really liked the dialogue between them i think what's his name barry, Keoghan, ba- barry, barry kogan barry
0: kogan i don't know kogan. i, don't know how to say I that. think
1: he whatever he's trying to do with the joker we all know it's a Used an overused character, so whatever he's trying to do, and especially after Leto's uh, Leto uh, Jared Leto's unbelievably abysmal performance, <laughs> we're all yeah. kind of like. And then, Joaquin hey, Phoenix, Matt Reeves,
0: Matt Reeves, I trust. bumping him. it up a bit, but I trust his casting after yeah, seeing everyone else in this movie. It's the laugh. I'm trusting if it.
1: you can nail Joker's laugh beautifully, and or just and create your own. Well, no, that's the thing is that everyone does do their own, but there's a, a through line between all the laughs that you can hear the psychosis behind. it. Right. You. you can feel the insanity. And that is what he nailed. Beautifully you know,
2: I last. think it's more of just like a fantasy of mine cinematically, but it would just be hilarious to see in this new age of like high tech movies. You know, this fucking dude walking around in like a zoot suit, just squirting people with like a flower.
1: I think that would be, I honestly think with Matt Reeves' world, if he did that with this Joker character, the juxtaposition would be horrifying. Like
2: make him like a 1920s, 1930s, like fucking Al Capone type, like Jack Nicholson. Not all the way Jack Nicholson, right? Like Tim Burton, but like have him dress in nice suits and shit like that and not be just like... Oh, I'm damaged, and I'm a the raggedy wolf. gangster. Like, make him like the head of a humongous crime syndicate or some shit like that. You know, like, I don't know. I guess they have the they have the mob element. Well, Joker already. was always
1: the head of a gang. So the thing in the thing in uh, the crime syndicates, since these comics were written during the time of the mob, the crime syndicates are always very like tongue in cheek in the Batman comics, and that they didn't really come in until later. In the beginning, it was all gang. So like the Joker, the Riddler, uh, that's why I love the the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, the, the, the like uh, Batman because that's the only one that kind of did that. Where like he's got all his like ice skating henchmen and like I to her, meet you. Uh, he's, <laughs> she's got all her like flower henchmen. Like yeah, everyone's yeah. got their little like signature stylized henchmen. And, like, yeah, that's very Batman. A lot of
0: different ways to do Batman.
2: We've checked off pretty much everything on my list. I just have one one more thing. Uh, we talked about Gordon already, and like I just feel like Jeffrey Wright was so uh, like, criminally underused, because um, he's a great actor. I love Jeffrey Wright, and I think that it does leave the potential for their relationship to grow a little bit, and for him to grow into his role into the department, because I thought he was gonna be the commissioner already, right? You're supposed to be Commissioner Gordon but he's like this low level fucking Lieutenant. And it's like, oh, you gotta chop through some red tape and some corruption first. So that'll be cool to see. However, I do wanna say that I was really scared at first when I started to hear the opening riffs to Nirvana. And I was like, oh shit, they're gonna put a Nirvana song in this movie. Like,
0: You thought it was gonna be pop, like, chock full of those like pop dude. culture songs? Do the suicide squad thing
2: yeah but exactly what you're saying jesse i was like great now we're getting into the 90s alternative superhero era where it's gonna be all <laughs> grungy shit but dude it was perfect and i th- loved how the orchestra followed like the pulse with it and everything and i was like this is yeah, cool yeah I, I loved yeah, it, it was, and i was like
1: they, they also ch- they had the batman theme that they would play the first four notes on on the organ all the time Oh, I heard yeah. that
2: motif. Yeah. I didn't know it was yeah. that, though. That's like, are you Batman talking about from, from the song. Adam West this Batman? This movie
0: needed a better it, score. It,
1: I, I don't know say if say it was that. from Adam West, but that was, like, that's the classical, like, Batman theme song. And I you, they just play the first four notes very slowly on an organ over and over again. And it's just so, like, haunting. Yes, it did need a better really? score, Jesse.
0: Yeah, so it's... I can't even remember what the score was pretty much at all I just remember that it repeated the same motifs endlessly and I was it, like do something else this movie's three hours long I don't need to hear this motif <laughs> for the 375th time um,
2: so it would change actually that I was I was actually more like go with the whole like kind of minimalist like a uh, motif like Johan Johansson type arrival music but it switched there were during the fight scenes it would get like into the really farcical like blockbuster orchestra music and i was like wait what what are we doing here like we were talking to jesse in our book report about how music can like sway you how to feel and there were some fight scenes where i was like i already have my adrenaline pumped up stop it with the fucking you know the orchestra and the trumpets and shit like and i did have to watch the film on subtitles and that always sucks when they put like heroic music and i'm like god damn it i don't know why it just <laughs> ruined the scene for me so, do you hate deaf people well oh shit alex, <laughs> no i don't yeah. as <laughs> evident
1: as evident by our very soon to be
2: coming someone loses report. their
1: hearing <laughs> and then they knew what heroic music sounds that's, like that's, that's a nice funny because that's true that's alex true. and
0: i just <laughs> recorded an episode on coda where we where we you know talk about that very thing uh, about Alex hating deaf people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like this <laughs> no, not, 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 not really. for you, bro. That's <laughs> why you really. like it. <laughs> um yeah, no I mean that goes into so I'd had some small problems that I just want to get off my chest that sure. it's, it's just like these weird little moments where I was like so many it's of just them. movie so... logic where it's like he finds after the first cipher he's like, "Oh, it says drive." So they just show up in some random garage somewhere. And yep. he's like, it's this car. And you're like, what? Where? Huh? There I don't I don't know if I missed the fucking line of logic here, but I felt like it just jumped to that.
1: I think there was an address. I'm pretty sure there was an address within the site. Okay. Because okay. I think Gordon says something like, That's on Washington Street or something like that. Or like they say something along those lines. I remember him saying Like them specifically targeting that play. But yes, it still wasn't clear at all.
0: (laughs) I mean, to be fair, yeah, the movie's three fucking hours and it moves along at a pretty steady clip. And you can look away and miss some like piece of dialogue that tells you what's going on to happen in the next scene. Oh, yeah. Um, It's very procedural in a sense. There's a
1: lot of riddles that Batman solves immediately. So you're like, you'll be presented yeah, with the riddle thing and you don't have even time to think about it. As the viewer, you don't have time to even try to guess yourself, which is the fun part about riddles. You're like, okay, uh, yeah. you know, like Batman like sitting around making connections, being a by Batman. is just like, I know it. It's this. It's justice. It's, it's, <laughs> he's, a, he's just like a riddle machine. It's like, dude, what the fuck, Bruce Wayne? Do you just also do riddles like when you're taking shits? You have a little riddle book next to you?
0: Yeah, he's a little too good sometimes at things. Um, yeah. He's a bit of a Mary but, Sue. But also, like, he can apparently get exploded in the face by a fucking bomb and be totally fine. Or, dude. like, you know, ramps will just appear in front of him that for his ramp, car to dude. jump over. I was like,
1: I was, like, literally like, come on. <laughs> Like okay. that was so ridiculous. Um, so, or that a or that a Mercedes Benz can beat a Trans Am and a fucking that car just chews up so much horsepower it would be pulling the road in front of it, as <laughs> it's or the, going.
0: Or like Penguin can fucking brake check an entire semi with a Mercedes. That was kind of weird, but I <laughs> but I, I, whole, I for I, I forgive all that in the driving yeah, scene because that was fun and neat. That whole car I,
1: chase was fun, but it was a mess.
0: I also didn't understand why his car was already parked at, like, the mob boss hideout where they were going to, you know, uh, do a deal. Did they? Did he drive there? I guess he parked his car right in front of it I so that they could have right that there. shot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I, I you know, guess that's time. the
1: assumption is that I mean he had to get there somehow. He didn't just Spider-Man swing his way there. But yes, that is not explained. Like why thought, he's got his car. I guess wings. my
0: brain thought he and Gordon drove there together. They were just like talking about movies on the way or something. I don't know. We should have had that scene. Gordon was there
1: at the end. At, at the end though, because remember he was he was in the car behind him waiting.
0: No, I'm talking about earlier. Never mind. It's, okay. it's, it's pretty much inconsequential. Anyway, I know it's the first though, time Jesse. you see the, bat, the Batmobile.
2: There were moments like that, the logical moments that I had to, uh, I had to give up really quickly. It was less so, uh, I couldn't do it with the dialogue, but with that stuff, like the logical jumps, I was like, this is a superhero movie, Alex. Like, you got to just fucking get into the grain of it because there were some shots of like, these guys that were shooting at him were not bad shots. Were, there was a scene where this dude is straight, straight up has a submachine gun and is just unloading, like, a full magazine into Batman, and he's just like, hmm, whatever. You know, the shotgun does push him back a little bit, but I'm like, okay, so obviously your suit is bulletproof. I got over that very quickly because this guy is shooting you point blank. Like, he sh- yeah. he shot, like, 10, 15 rounds into yeah. him, and that I was and like, suits always been bulletproof. Yeah, so I was like, that makes, that makes perfect sense. It's
1: like, literally the first technology you're going to invent as Batman and yeah. in your in your solemn vow never to use a gun you're like I got to make myself gun resistant uh, But like a good thing.
2: I'm just like is no one going to shoot you in the face everyone can see like your jaw like everyone Dude. everyone's going to shoot shoot at your head area but then it I was like oh matter. You can withstand an explosion to your head, so I guess it really it doesn't matter. Like. It doesn't matter.
1: Everyone's <laughs> using submachine guns. A stray bullet would have caught him in the jaw at least once. I know, once. <laughs> I like, know right? Just, there's a point where there's the scene where they're shooting him in the dark, and yeah. it's like the gunfight, which was like straight out of the movie Equilibrium. With yeah, Christian Russian um, But uh, and like he's like beating their asses. It's like, dude, any one of these stray fucking sub bullets in the middle of a fight would have just like. Like, that's be great if that's how the movie ended. Batman's just fighting, <laughs> and then just Chance catches up with him, and he just catches one in the gourd and just falls. And just,
2: oh, shit. It just bleeds out. Just bleeding out.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: You kind of got to give way to these logical sort of niggles that your brain comes up with. And some movie moments as well. Like, there's a, when the guy is perched above Batman very, very slowly aiming his shotgun like, <laughs> oh! Is Batman gonna die And this, this epic movie shot? Is he gonna get shotgunned in the fucking face? No, no Catwoman saves him, <laughs> of course. Um, so that telegraphs that, but I don't know, these are minor things. One last thing I was thinking about is something I wanna draw back to, which is why this works with the same kind of tone and those Zack Snyder movies are such monumental failures speaking specifically about Man of Steel and Batman v Superman did you did you guys see either of these or you just knew the reputation and knew to stay the hell away it's Zack Snyder
1: yeah <laughs> I Zack Snyder
0: films. um my well, is some good ones earlier on but in any event um I think it has to do with a lot of things <laughs> now that I like think about it um genuinely really good filmmaking is one of them um tone, even though those Zack Snyder movies have that dour tone, they're some of the most dour movies ever, they also engage in this really lofty bullshit philosophy kind of thing going on, where it's like, ah, Superman will lead us into the sun, and it's very off-putting, very preachy and strange, but they also become absolutely punishing as far as the action is concerned. The the action is so brutish and blunt and endless that the second half of these movies just become like being punched in the face by a movie for like an hour and a half. <laughs> um, and that's, that's in a circuitous way giving praise to the pacing of this one, even though I feel like it, it began to flag for me in the middle section, I was like, ah, oh, it really doesn't need to be three hours. Um, but the pacing was generally pretty good, and I never felt tired by the action. And that's a big thing for me. Action can make me re- really fucking tired if I don't care. Yeah. And it's pretty easy for me to not care.
1: Quick cuts are exhausting. It cut like in shaky cam you put those two things together and that is mentally exhausting to have to try to deal with and i think that's why a lot of those zack snyder movies or just those type of superhero movies in general don't do well for yeah. me yeah it's because the fighting itself the action that you're talking about is so frequent and when it is it's so uh, jarring and sh- scattered that I feel like I my brain had to work really hard to keep everything in line. Whereas mm. in this, like you're saying, you have these nice long, fluid fight shots, where I don't have to like look around. I can just follow the action smoothly into the next course.
0: Yeah, you're never confused about orientation. You always know where things are, so you're not have to do having to do that mental work. I think actually in recent superhero history, the only ones I think that did that super quick cut shaky cam was Christopher Nolan, which is interesting because his movies are some of the best. But the Marvel movies don't really do that. They're pretty fluid and good. Um, Even the Zack Snyder ones didn't do that either. They were just punishing. And I don't know. It's like if Michael Bay made a superhero movie.
2: Yeah. I love how they only included like one flying scene and it was like not really flying. He was just falling and like with his wingsuit. Yeah, Yeah. and then he he eats shit though. Like, so that, I mean, it was cool to see like him fuck up, right? Um, Going to the the Zack Snyder and the Marvel thing, I just have such an ignorance of that whole realm because of my aversion to like watching the Hulk swing on a light post while Captain America busts through the twenty third story of some fucking building. Oh, that's building. awesome! Like, it's great. No, yeah, yeah. See, like, I, I I don't know what it is. Like, I've just never engaged or connected with that. I was like, mm, that isn't impressive to me because I don't know. You're just a superhero. So, Batman, like. Again, always just really easy for someone who's more cynical when it comes to superhero movies to engage with. Because I'm like, okay, I I get this. I get this like kind of dark vigilante noir detective. And I'll I'll be honest, they actually did a good job of establishing that for me with uh, Spider-Man. Like, I'm going back to the Tobey Maguire ones, like, I felt Peter Parker was vulnerable enough of a character. Maybe it's just Tobey Maguire's cute little button face, but I don't know. It's just fucking easy to, like, to go in and be like, these these people are starting off, and they're innocent. I just don't like the Thors of the world, the people that come down with all this power, and I don't know. Well,
0: you haven't seen them. I think they do a good job with making those characters fun, but... Anyway, I think we can wrap this one up. Jeff's Jeff's doing a dance over there. I think you might have to use the little boys' room. And we've waffled on about the Batman and other things surrounding it at great lengths. <laughs> um, but yeah, finishing thoughts. I thought this film was... It, I, it had problems, but I'm not sure how much I care about them in the long run because the tone and the filmmaking and the feel of the movie and the excitement of watching it and enjoying a Batman movie for the first time in forever uh was really exciting and i felt even though it was like a gloomy miserable movie i kind of felt like a little kid where i was like yeah batman go <laughs> kick their ass in the batmobile hell yeah and performances were all fantastic we don't need to do our awards it's fine we're already over over budget today um <laughs> but yeah that's the batman you guys have any finishing thoughts
1: uh, I mean, no, I, I, you pretty much said it perfectly exactly. I echo your thoughts exactly. So I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and waiting for more Matt Reeves Batman.
0: Yeah, I had my faith in Mr. Reeves. I liked all his other movies, so good on him, man. Glad we're getting a sequel. Alex, any finishing thoughts?
2: Yeah, the only thing really is like I want to agree 100% with you about the exciting thing. It was like exciting to watch this movie and I was all in and I was like ready to go even after the movie ended I was like let's do another one so it's it's hard to get me to do that for a superhero movie and I didn't even watch the Batman's that came out before cuz I was just so like disgusted by what I thought it was going to be
0: Do you want to do the 4 hour one? We could do the 4 hour Justice League, you and me. Jeff won't do it. Mm-mm. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Real Weirdos, two and a half white men with English degrees talking about the Batman for way too goddamn long. Thanks for making it through this episode. If you're still here, come hang out with us on Twitter at Real Weirdos Pod, or say what's up in the comments. We'd love to hear from you, and we will see y'all next week. I gotta poop. <laughs> Now our podcast is done, and we have to run. We know it is sad, but we had so much fun. Don't be bereft, Jesse, Alex, and Jeff will be back real soon. The real weirdos, we talk about movies. Away oh, way too goddamn long. Bow, 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 bow.